everyone, and welcome to the Adventure Within Reason podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm David. And let me tell you, it's a great start to the day. It's May Day, which is a day where we celebrate workers of all stripes. Normally, David and I will go out and treat ourselves. So David's heading to play pinball with a friend today. I'm going to the art museum. And we're recording an episode of the podcast, which is really exciting. And if you listened to our last podcast, I have reclaimed my Miniopa t-shirt. I have it. It is on my body. And David is actually wearing his very own Miniopa t-shirt. Yeah, I put a Miniopa t-shirt uh, the first time we went there, I think. And so, yeah, now we we both have Miniopa State Park t-shirts. So uh, all is right with the world. Uh, everything is in, is, in, is in equal harmony. We can proceed with the podcast on a sort of level footing, as it were. Yeah. Today we are talking about Great River Bluffs State Park. And I had to really take my time to think through the name because I have I struggle when it's not a one-name thing like Itasca or Tadaguch. But we're talking about Great River Bluffs State Park, a park we have now visited twice, almost a year apart, and both times in conjunction with a trip to Beaver Creek Valley State Park. Yeah, this is a great pairing of state parks. If you want to make either a long day trip or just a full weekend out of it, um, Great River Great River Bluff Park uh, goes very well with our, our last episode's focus, Beaver Creek Valley. So yeah, uh, d- make sure, you know, j- not just because of their proximity, but it's just uh, j- just uh, maybe a good good representation of the of the Driftless region uh, in slightly different ways. You want, maybe you could, maybe you could talk a, b- a bit about that. What makes this park special in terms of uh, uh, geology and, and habitat and all that kind of stuff. So this park was founded in 1976 with about 2,000, nope, a little bit closer to 3,000 acres. And it is a really beautiful example of the different habitats that can exist within one state park. There's something really interesting about this park, David. Have you ever heard of a goat prairie? A goat prairie is a bit of native prairie that has been sort of against all odds preserved. So we know that a lot of our native prairie spaces have had to be reclaimed and we've only taken a small portion of them back from agricultural usage because they were plowed under to start farms. Goat prairies are prairies that exist on the side of a steep bluff. So they were unusable as farmland because they were so steep and drainage wasn't going to be very good or I guess too good as a result of gravity. So they were not usable as agricultural land, so they are still very pristine examples of Minnesota prairie. So as I think I mentioned, uh, I think as we mentioned once before, this is our second time visiting Great River Bluffs and uh, our first time doing sort of the the hiking club trail, which which leads you up to uh, this amazing bluff, namesake of the park, obviously, that allows you to take in, I believe it's four or five different habitats uh, just just from the vantage point of the bluff. So do you, do you want to talk a bit about that? And Because that, that is kind of what separates or what maybe what distinguishes this park a bit from some of the others is that you have, you know, one spot you can stand in that allows you to realize just the variety of habitats you can have in, in a very um, specific uh, region. If you're going to do the hiking club trail, take your binoculars with you because the view of, and I, it's the Mississippi or the Minnesota, or the St. Croix River. It's the Mississippi. It's the Mississippi. <laughs> I get my rivers all messed up in my head. So it gives you a spectacular view of Mississippi, of the Mississippi River Valley. So bring your binoculars for that, but also bring your binoculars because there is a 
scientific and natural area on a bluff adjacent to you that you can see. I'll get into scientific and natural areas more in a moment. But the interesting thing is that if you have your binoculars, or if you just borrow them from the park, which you can here, we certainly did, you can take a look and see four different examples of sort of a diverse ecosystem. And I need to see if I can remember all of them without looking back at my photos. There is dry scrubland, which is exactly what it sounds like. There's not a lot going on or growing there. There is goat prairie, which is what we just talked about, an example of long grass or long stem prairie on the side of a bluff. There is oak savanna. And I don't remember the last one, so we're going to pause for a second while I go grab my phone where I have a picture of it. All right, I've got my photos again, and it is maple basswood forest, which you actually see a lot throughout Minnesota. So those are the four habitats that you can see from the hikers, the end of the Hikers Club Trail, which was a great, really easy, smooth two and a half mile trail. Yeah, they call it a there. Uh, th I always want to say there and back again, but that's the subtitle of The Hobbit. Uh, it's uh, what, what do you call these trails where you, you go to a far end and then you walk back the opposite way? but I think we've decided in okay. the universe of the podcast to call them there and back again. Yeah, well, there you are. Yeah, I'll just reiterate what you said a moment ago. You know, if you're someone like me who just doesn't have like a really uh, fancy schmancy pair of binoculars, uh, make use of the birding kits you can borrow from state parks. As, as long as there's a ranger there, um, you know, staffing the gift shop, you can just ask for one. It's free of charge. I think they just have you put your name down so that they can track you down if you forget to return them. But there's no deposit, no no fee or anything like that. So take advantage of that because the binoculars that are in those birding kits are, are very nice. Yeah, there's no, really no reason not to uh, not to take advantage of all the amenities that these parks have to offer. So I want to go back to everybody knows wildflowers are the things that excite me most. And David, this park had a lifer for me, which I'm really <laughs> excited too. to talk about. Oh, yeah, a lifer for David, yeah. too. So I have only seen PASQUE flowers, that's P-A-S-Q-U-E flowers, cultivated here in the Twin Cities in the Twin Cities Rose Garden. And they are a very early blooming flower. You can frequently see them, or maybe not frequently, but occasionally see them blooming among snow. And they grow on the southwestern slope of hills. And they're these beautiful little purple-white flowers with fuzzy heads, and I've never seen one. And David and I found an entire hillside covered in them at this park. It was so exciting. Yeah, something that I've uh, been getting into that I wasn't really previously aware of or appreciative of is just the, the, wonderful, the, the wonderful mad, mad world of uh, Minnesota wildflowers. And uh, Kelly has kind of turned me on to them. And now that I, now I know I'd like to look for them. Like I know how to recognize hepatica or bloodroot or um, now past flowers. Now that we've, now that we saw a, a number of them at Great River Bluffs and if, it's, if you're listening to this after we release this episode, it's probably not too late to, to still see those past flowers along the, uh, along the uh, what is it called? The King's Bluff Trail? It is. Yeah, King's Bluff Trail is the one at Great River Bluffs that you can take. That, you know, we'll, it kind of is on like the western edge of the park, and you'll walk sort of north to northeast, and it, it culminates in that, uh, you know, the, the bluff that overlooks the Mississippi. And if you squint your eyes a little bit, you can almost see the cross Wisconsin. I think it's just a couple miles down the river, so... Uh, you can make a very, very nice day trip out of a, you know, a visit to Great River Bluffs if you decide to uh, do it in conjunction with a visit to La Crosse, which is kind of what we did. So. Although we certainly recommend not going to La Crosse the last 
weekend of April because it turns out that that's the weekend of the annual senior bar crawl. And oh, no. The- well, you, 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 <laughs> youth is wasted on the young. Oh, boy. Those kids were really hitting it pretty hard that day. Yeah. So they also they were all pretty nice, though, all kidding aside. We didn't, we didn't see anyone who was uh, not handling their booze very well. Everyone seemed to be having a good... What's uh, just a, a good time that, you know, they weren't uh, they weren't picking fights with one another or doing anything obnoxious. So. So, yeah, God bless those kids and God bless their <laughs> excessive drinking. because They seem to be doing OK handling it. So. so something I want to talk about, David, is the fact that Great River Bluffs is a designated scientific and natural area, which was something that we hadn't really encountered yet in how we in in the parks we've experienced. Mm. So a scientific and natural area is. I'm sorry, I've got a glance at my notes so I get this right. They are exceptional public lands with native plants, populations of rare species, and interesting geological features. And something I thought was really, something that stuck with me for the duration of the hike and has stuck with me since, is that one of the signs for the hike reminded you to walk gently in this area. And if I can be allowed to get a little philosophical for a moment or two, I think that that's something that we can all carry forward into our lives, this idea of walking gently so as to not disturb the natural world around us, so as to not disturb other people who are trying to exist in this space with us. So, you know, if you carry nothing forward from this episode, uh, walk gently would be what I would say. Yeah, appreciate what's there, but just be respectful of the fact that the park doesn't exist just for your amusement. There are, especially this time of year, there are birds looking for places to nest. And if you're walking down a trail, you know, not that we've ever seen someone do this, you know, God forbid if someone were out there just like, you know, blasting music from their phone or something like that, it, it may not seem like a big deal, but that could potentially like scare away birds from a, from a, from a, a nesting site. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to do careless, you know, uh, thoughtless things like that. So just, you know, enjoy yourself, certainly, but just be, be mindful of the fact that, you know, nature is doing its own thing as well. So. You know, that actually happens to me, David, while Carrie and I were hiking in Shenandoah, there was a group of girls in their 20s, not to sound like a grumpy old lady, but they had Spotify open and were blasting pop jams while we were hiking down the trail. Don't listen to K-pop on state park trails. Don't listen to any kind of music. Just so There are a few tips that we want to give you for for interacting in a scientific and natural area. One, the only things that you can do there are to hike, bird watch, and conduct scientific studies, if that is what you are working with, with the Parks Department. I don't think that dogs are encouraged, so maybe leave your fuzzy friend at home or take them to a different state park where they can do less damage. Does this whole does this whole park fall under the purview of that standard, or is it just this trail? It is just the Hikers Club Trail, okay. just a section of the Hikers Club Trail. Well, there you go. Um, maybe that maybe that's a good segue because I actually I got out my Passport Club book and I was looking at the at the at my our first visit to Great River Bluffs was on was it April of last year, April of 2021. And yeah, again, we'll just remind you all that this the Hiking Club Trail is only a fraction, maybe like a third or a quarter of uh, what the park has to offer. Um, there are trails closer to the river that you, I'm sure it's fine for you to take your dog out on. I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll read uh, my entry for our first visit there, if that's not too indulgent. Um, just as a reminder that, you know, there are other other parts of the park you can appreciate that uh, maybe aren't uh, quite as... Um, delicate. Delicate. Ecos- there you ecosystems. go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
So this is from uh, uh, April 7, 17th, 2021. The weather was a little bit, it was about 10 degrees warmer. Last oh, year. man. Yeah, the winter, winter is going a little long this year. So this is what I had to say, and this is very brief. More lovely views and birding could nearly see La Crosse, Wisconsin from the bluffs. We saw kestrels and a tree swallow on the way in. We saw golden crowned kinglets, juncos, red-bellied woodpeckers, and golden eagles. On the drive here, we saw wood ducks, an egret, and a kingfisher from the from the car on the outskirts of Hoka, Minnesota. Would love to pit, would love to <laughs> would love to pick wild berries here later in the summer. And uh, unfortunately, we I, we didn't get to do that at this particular park, but at uh, several other parks, we were able to find uh, wild raspberries. And didn't we find wild strawberries once too somewhere? Or was that a dream I had? I picked you wild strawberries from around my family's cabin, so that, not okay. quite. <laughs> yeah, memory, is a, memory is a delicate thing, too. So. One more thing we do at this park, and again, if you follow us on the Facebook page, you may have seen a photo of it, is this was part of a camping trip that David and I took over the weekend. And we got up really early that morning and ended up at a small diner in La Crescent, Wisconsin, for breakfast. They had a great scramble for me, and David had a fruit cup and some coffee, and he wanted a little something more to sustain him on this hike. So we had a really fun vegan breakfast tailgate in the back of the van at this one. Yep. We're not going to do any product endorsements, but I, I will say there's a, a really cool um, vegan egg you can make. with It's basically bean water and some spices and a little bit of love or whatever else goes in there. And uh, yeah, the, the camper van we had had the, um, you know, a little kind of mobile kitchen, so I was able to fry up some some plant-based sausages and eggs and toast, and just have a real you know a real hearty breakfast to complement the, the the delicious fruit I had had earlier in the morning. So, yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice new thing to do at a state park because typically we're just hiking and bird watching. And I think David, you don't have a bird report for this one because it was pretty windy the day that we yeah, were. Yeah, it was in. Uh, the first like third or maybe quarter of the of the King's Bluff Trail is actually kind of adjacent to a bit of prairie, kind of makes up the the fringe of the park. So they're, they're, and we got there kind of late morning too, which is not ideal birding time. So um, yeah, no birding report for this one, um, but that's okay. The birds were there. We just uh, we didn't see them. We we missed uh, you know er, generally speaking early morning and kind of dusk is the best time to bird watch, and so. We missed those windows, but we found uh, plenty else to appreciate about the park. Plenty else? Is that grammatical? I'm not certain. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Anyway, it, it, we, there we, have, we had lots of wildflowers to see. We had, the uh, obviously, the bluff to, to, you know, to gaze from. So uh, any time of day you visit the, this park, you're, I think you're going to find something fun there. I think that may be all we have for this park. Great River Bluffs is, like I said, it's 2,000 acres. But there's only six and a half miles of hiking trail, so there's a little bit less for us to do here. However, it's still a great park to visit. We had a really nice time. David Duvet, oh, we learned what goat prairies were, which was very exciting. Great park. Um, just make sure, you know, like I said before, if you're going to visit this one, I recommend visiting Beaver Creek Valley at the same time because it's, it's a great pairing of parks. So for this week, adventurers, just take the thought forward to... Stay out of lacrosse the last two weeks in April and to walk gently. Have a great week.